Best Health, presented by the Royal Gazette and RG Mags, is your go-to health podcast. We connect you with the very best of Bermuda's health and wellness experts, enthusiasts and influencers, helping you get the very best from your mind and body. So go and follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at The Royal Gazette and join the conversation every month. It starts right here. Welcome to Fitness Myths, the 11th episode in the 2022 series of the Best Health Podcast. I'm Becky Ezekiel, and before we dive in, I want to thank our sponsors for making this episode possible. This episode of Best Health has been sponsored by Lindos. Why go anyplace else? Today, we welcome Carrie Lee into the studio, a certified PT and precision nutrition level one nutrition coach. But Carrie's education in health and fitness wasn't just learned in the classroom. She embarked on a transformation of her own, losing over 100 pounds and going on to win a bodybuilding competition in 2016. In her own words, she's tried every fad diet, detox, detox, prescription pill, herbal supplement, shake, replacement, body wrap, cellulite cream, juice cleanse, fasting protocol and fat burning workout known to man. Safe to say she's done the hard work so that we don't have to. And here to share what really works for achievable and sustainable long-term health. Carrie, thank you very much for coming in. I am happy to be here. Thank you. So before we jump into everything you've learned in a professional sense and on your own journey, just so people can get to know you a bit better, where are you from originally? How did you make your way to Bermuda? Okay, so (laughs) I originally, I was born and raised in Canada, in um, Kitchener, Ontario, uh, my mom is Canadian, my dad is Bermudian. Mm-hmm. Um, later on in life, you know, my parents had split and my dad decided to move back to Bermuda. And keep in mind, like my entire childhood, we didn't travel here at all. So I, n- I never really knew what it was. We had a picture of it on the wall. I had t-shirts <laughs> that said Bermuda yeah. on it, you know, things <laughs> yeah. like that. But, uh, you know, it was just, um, you know, saving money and whatnot. We didn't travel a lot. Um, so my dad decided to move back in I don't know what year probably when I was in my very very early 20s and I started visiting him you know every three months you know and I'm straight out of college running up credit cards you know all that like (laughs) I I surely shouldn't be traveling that much but I just uh, I couldn't stay away and uh, one summer I had the opportunity to work with my aunt for three months just doing some tourist related stuff over the summer and I never left so that was like 14 years ago um so yeah i got my status so you know i have my passport all that so i am bermudian canadian Mm -hmm. um, but have lived here for longer in my adult life than you know when i was in canada so but i kept the accent yeah it happens yeah you can't can't obviously no (laughs) what happened what were you what were you doing when you first moved here tourism um yeah my uh my aunt was um you know helping to run the entertainment for harbor nights and destination dockyard and honestly i was like just responsible for getting the gombes to start on time which obviously you know straight out of canada we're used to being right on time and Mm -hmm. i you know that was that was a lesson to (laughs) learn that we don't we don't necessarily start like the exact time here right um Mm -hmm. so yeah it was just it was just a fun thing a couple times a week Mm -hmm. um but you know during that time i also got into like the partying lifestyle here and you know that's when uh like that initial summer was when I started a job later on at the hospital. I've got, my background was in pharmacy. And, uh, you know, I went to put my scrubs on that morning 
and they wouldn't go over like my my knees mm. pretty much like mm -hmm. I had gained so much weight from a summer of you know um unhealthy yeah. partying and what I mean it happens it you happens. know not hard to do <laughs> no not hard to do you know difference of not walking around as much things like that so mm -hmm. um it was a, it was a huge like kind of turning point like that first year that I lived here yeah and mm -hmm. what was your lifestyle like in Canada were you very active were you were you um, sporty growing up or was that not necessarily mm -hmm. um I danced my whole life I think that kind of you know that saved me I had some mm -hmm. bit of activity I uh actually almost failed gym class. I used to get detentions all the time. Like I'm a very stubborn person. Yeah. Like I, I've been trying to find my old gym teacher for so long because he used to get so frustrated. He's like, you have so much potential no. and you know, all that. And I, I haven't been able to find him yet because if he found out what I was doing now, he wouldn't <laughs> believe it. Um, but yeah, I hated running. I hated just organized sports like I think I enjoyed volleyball because I didn't have to move around as yeah. much as like football <laughs> and stuff I didn't like running or mm -hmm. anything um but yeah I danced um you know I, I worked and stuff but my lifestyle wasn't necessarily healthy like I ate my first vegetable probably at like the age of 22 and I think it was Caesar salad yeah like, yeah yeah you know it was a growing up you know we ate it we had to it was at the table but once I was on my own I mean I think I survived off cereal and like quesadillas in college like Church pizza pockets like whatever it <laughs> yeah, was you know been there, yeah. yes exactly um spending money more on the the liquor store stuff like that yeah. so so yeah my lifestyle wasn't was definitely not healthy and like the from 18 until probably close to my I want to say like late 20s like I battled with like on and off like eating disorder and mm -hmm. stuff too um mm -hmm. you know all tied into that unhealthy lifestyle mm -hmm. and what was the catalyst then to lose the weight because in was it 2016 you went on quite a big weight loss journey yes um so it was kind of gradual so I mean from the age of oh my gosh probably 14 or 15 my sole focus like every day that I woke up was weight loss mm. like that's all I cared about and that's when it started where you know my I think my mom brought me to my doctor who gave me these like prescription like stimulant pills to you know make me not hungry or mm -hmm. whatnot and that led to like anxiety and like everything else yeah. and you know went to a gym and they told me I was like morbidly obese yet I like at that point I wasn't it was just on the BMI of and uh, yeah. um, you know told me didn't give me any idea like they just said you need to you stop eating carbs or whatever and then you know my mom after is like oh we're gonna go to subway tonight to get like a sandwich and I was like I can't eat I don't know what I can eat anymore yeah. and you know it was wow. just really frustrating I had just done done it all and when I moved here um that point where I couldn't like pull my hands up like I was I was stressed and mm -hmm. you know it was very triggering it was you know it was, it was a tough time and I'd love to say hey I just like had a light bulb go off and I changed my life and everything mm -hmm. was great, but it wasn't, you know, it was probably for the next like few years. I, you know, tried to do like random exercise class or I joined a boot camp thinking it was going to solve my problems sure. or, you know, whatnot, or, you know, tried to cut my food in half. Or I think one time I went into a health food store here and found a diet at the back of some book that I followed for like mm -hmm. all of two days. And, you know, it's, yeah. I did all of that. And then it started. Um, and I actually, I'm running a, 21 day step challenge right now, a free one with, um, you know, the community. And uh, I shared with them the other day that the first thing, the first thing I did for myself that kind of started the momentum going was getting my steps in. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't have a watch back then, but I started to 
just walk more, go to the beach with a friend. So instead of us, you know, going for lunch, we'd say, let's like, I don't know, pack a lunch or whatever and just yeah. go and do laps on the beach. And I started to feel good from there. Um, I think I joined a yoga class. I eventually joined a gym. And then the biggest catalyst was when I started a new job. Um, I worked at the Phoenix stores. Uh, I worked with a pharmacist there named Vanessa, um, who's a very close friend of mine now. And uh, she lived a very healthy lifestyle. Um, you know, she liked to, she said, hey, this weekend you want to go for a bike ride? Mm-hmm. You know, and then why don't we stop at, you know, swizzle after and we'll we'll share a pizza. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, it wasn't like you cutting stuff out, but we just, we'd share stuff. And yep. like, it was, you know, more about the activity. And she honestly, like that, that, point i think surrounding yourself with people who kind of live the way that you want Mm -hmm. ultimately um was really helpful and then i obviously went the whole other route i got into bodybuilding and kind of hyper focused on that for a while um how did you get into that was that you started going to the gym started to enjoy it and then yeah Mm -hmm. that was it and i had a friend who was doing a show i went to watch her and i was like oh i'll do that you know i think i think a lot of people when they first do it kind of do it as a way to lose weight. And, mm-hmm. and you know, if I'm going to be honest with myself, I'm pretty sure that was like the whole reasoning behind it. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if I was to do it now, you know, like if you want to be competitive in it, you need to spend time like years not dieting so you can gain muscle. And at that point, I just cared that I was as small yeah. as possible. Right. And I did it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I white knuckled my way through the discipline I had for you know, because the dieting at that point was extremely restrictive, like not a smart move for someone who had, you know, been on recovery from yes. from like disordered eating and eating disorder. But, uh, you know, I did it. And thankfully, after a couple of years of doing so, I ended up hiring a coach who um, introduced me to a more flexible dieting lifestyle. Um, I started to understand that I didn't have to follow a meal plan. Um, that all foods had a place in my diet. Some mm-hmm. were going to be smarter choices than others as far as like how I felt, um, you know, and uh, things really kind of started to take a turn from there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was 2016. That was the show I won. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had people looking at me. I'd come into certain meetings and stuff and I would be eating a sandwich because I was like, I can have this, yeah, right? Yeah. Or they'd be like, you can have a latte. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, I can. I was like, you know, I'm just... I'm aware of what I'm having and like, you know, I'm not eating things like this all day, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, it, it just helped a lot. And then, um, yeah, from there, I was going to take a year or two off and build muscle. And then, you know, I met my now husband, um, my values changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't pay me to get back on stage. Now I admire yeah. the work that everyone does, but uh, such dedication is it's it? a full time I mean, job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And when you're a parent, I'm an entrepreneur. Like I mm-hmm. got no space for that I right bet. now. Yeah. You know? And it's it's being like single digit body fat things like that. It's not all it's cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be helpful for someone to to get there once so that they know it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, you know, I've done a lot of work since then. Um, you know, uh, just repairing my relationship with food, with my body, embracing like myself at different sizes, you know, because yeah. I gained 70 pounds when I was pregnant, mm-hmm. you know, kind of coming right out of there. So uh, that's a challenging uh, yeah. time, especially when you've suffered with disorder exactly. before to then yeah. accept being happy about a growing body. Yeah. It's very challenging. It thing. was, mm-hmm. you know, and I just I 
chose to look at it from a different perspective. I was like, I have a second chance to lose because, you know, I'd wanted to lose the weight after I was after I was um, I gave birth. Mm -hmm. But I had an opportunity to do it in the way that I teach my clients, because mm -hmm. the first time it was, you know, through the bodybuilding way, I was following a meal plan and yeah. um, and it wasn't sustainable. So I did it. And at every single stage, every weight I was at, I was like, I recognize I want to change my body, but my body's still good right now. And I dressed it in the best clothes. Yeah. I, I My closet only ever had clothing that fit me at that time. And yes. it was like, it was just, it was really, really awesome. Yeah. You know, and now That's I can amazing. share that with my clients. Yeah. That's awesome. So the yeah. way you teach your clients now to eat, what is your approach? Is it nothing's off the table? Is it everything in moderation? What is your approach? Yeah, it's, um, I definitely take a more like a flexible dieting approach. Um, I've grown a lot as a, as a nutrition coach over the years. Like, you know, had you asked me this question three or four years ago, I probably would have started every single client out tracking their intake, you know, mm -hmm. using a food diary, um, which can be incredibly helpful building awareness. Um, but if someone doesn't have a strong nutrition foundation, like just certain habits in place, it makes tracking like really hard because yeah. you're kind of giving them an advanced technique, um, you know, when they haven't even mastered the basics. Mm -hmm. So my clients, like at the beginning, we start by, it honestly depends. Like I do interviews when I, when I bring them in and mm -hmm. we'll talk about how we're going to start. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of like a GPS system. Like, you know, yeah. I, we see their goals. I kind of guide them and we change, yeah. adapt the route as needed. But, you know, oftentimes we'll start with something simple as just like increasing protein intake. That's most people aren't eating enough protein. Really? Uh, it's, it's not an intuitive thing. To mm -hmm. eat. Like even if, especially if you're on the go, you might grab a piece of toast. You're not yeah. gonna make yourself an omelet. Yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean. Yeah. Like it's, sure. yeah, it's not as uh, it's not as easy and quick. So a lot of the time we'll focus on addition. So mm -hmm. most people when they start a diet program, they start by subtracting things. Yeah. I th I tell them we're gonna add things. We want to add better quality sleep. You know, we want to add steps. Um, we want to add more protein, add more fruits and veggies. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if I like teaching them like how to eat other foods in moderation, like, you know, cookie, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it's more so like, let's make sure your big rocks are taken care of, you mm -hmm. know, the foundation. We want to make sure your plate has, you know, tons of veggies, protein, all that on there. And like that last little corner of it, if you want to put some mac and cheese or whatever yeah. on there, like it's okay. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, from there, I do have clients who track their intake um, using, uh, I don't really use my fitness pal, but an app called Chronometer, but uh we do so by managing their expectations and their mindset going into it. I think food tracking apps can get a bad rep, um, you know, labeled as diet culture, um, you know, labeled as disordered eating. If the person doing it um, is doing it for the wrong reasons, mm -hmm. you know, we do it from a sense of like being curious, you know, conducting an experiment, no judgment, like knowing that like you're never going to track your intake 100% because yeah. You know, no one knows exactly how many calories you're eating, but um, it's more so just so someone can look at something like avocado toast and realize that, like, you know, they probably could have had um, like the omelet with bacon or and, and fruit. You know, mm -hmm. you see people like cutting out fruit because, yeah. like, you know, they're all into the keto diet and stuff and like understanding that, like, you know, this food isn't good or bad. It has you know, X amount of calories, it's it's balanced, it has protein, it has this in it, it has fats, like just kind of seeing it and neutralizing mm -hmm. it more, um, you know, and if they have a specific weight loss goal, then it really helps to, um, you know, allow 
different foods, I like to say within your budget, you kind of think about like a money budget, right? Yeah. It's like if you want to if you want to go buy a new outfit, you just make sure your rent's paid. You make sure, you know, <laughs> you make sure your Belco bill's paid, all yeah. that stuff. And then like, go, go for it. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, make sure you're taking care of your health and then add the other stuff in. Yeah. 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 Well, it makes sense. I mean, what you said a second ago about there being good food and bad food, that's mm -hmm. a really big thing. Isn't yeah. It? And we'll come on to that a bit later when we talk about things like carbs and fats, but people mm -hmm. do tend to think in very black and white terms about food. Like I can't have that on my plate or, do you find that that does the opposite and it makes the people oh yeah crave it more find it absolutely yeah as soon as you deem something bad or tell yourself you can't have it you're going to think about it more mm -hmm. always and you know you can try and you know cut it out for you know let's say five days a weekend's going to come around you're only going to want it more you're probably going to go all out yeah end up yeah. eating triple the amount of mm -hmm. it you would have had you just included it in your yeah, meal in the so first true. place mm -hmm. You know feel guilty about it say oh well i messed up i may as well continue on tomorrow and like this is like it's just a constant cycle yeah. and you know we're trying to me as a coach i'm trying to like break that cycle mm -hmm. you know and just say create more of a gray area yeah with food because yeah health is just such a bigger picture it's so multifaceted and mm -hmm. we we seem to think like this food i am now healthy it's like i'm eating this i am bad yes. it's like no yeah totally <laughs> yeah do you find your clients find it helpful knowing that you've been there, yeah. that you've kind of been where they are, you felt how they feel, and they can relate to you a bit more? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I try not to be an advice giver. Like as mm -hmm. a coach, obviously, I I do more of the asking of the questions because, yeah. like, I don't know my clients. Like, obviously, I'm not going to know my clients any better than they know themselves, but uh, they do ask a lot. Um, most of them have said because I, I poll them when they when they come on when they sign up with me is like you know what made you pick me and like you know later mm -hmm. on and that's like the number one thing really yeah. yeah they like um you know that I'm relatable that I've pretty much done it all I really yeah. have done it all <laughs> yeah. I can't think of one thing that I haven't yeah. done honestly um and yeah I, I feel like it, it it just gives me you know the unique approach as a coach yeah. um you know that not not everyone else has done what I've done you mm -hmm. know because a lot of people and not saying that a coach who's been fit their whole life isn't a great coach, mm -hmm. um, you know, but sometimes it can be harder to relate. Yes. And you can be, you know, have your own biases about mm -hmm. how, like, how could this person, like, go and get KFC? Like, I would never do that. It's like, well, you, you don't know what that's yeah. like, right? And mm -hmm. most people aren't aware of how, how bad they feel. I'm going to say this, like, kind of trying to say this in the right way. Mm. Like, I can say this for myself. I didn't realize how bad I felt until I started making healthier choices and I felt good and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what oh, difference? I want more of this feeling, right? right? And that, like like I said, with like steps or just doing something small, like that can kind of mm. pull back the curtain a bit and show you like, you know, what life could be like and yeah. how much better you could feel. If anyone watches your Instagram, you do a bit of this on your Instagram. Yeah. Kind of debunking myths. So we'll put a few to you. Yes, and absolutely. Maybe you can shed a bit of light. Sure. Some of them. Yes. Okay, so first up is that women shouldn't lift heavy. Ah. It, it will make them bulky. Oh, yes. <laughs> this myth won't die. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know why. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a really old one. And I think, like, you know, part of the reason is, like, up until probably this decade even, um, you know, women exercise was promoted as a thing to do to lose weight mm -hmm. um you know men were the ones that lifted the heavy weights yes. and women did step aerobics and mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that you know all forms of exercise are incredible but uh 
you know, the studies, like, I mean, the more and more they do research on like the benefits of strength training, especially with women, like, I mean, we don't have to age and, and be feeble. And, you know, I mean, if we're, you know, privileged enough to, you know, make it to a mm -hmm. ripe age, like the benefits of strength training, um, just on preventing injuries and like, you know, strengthening your bones, improving your posture, like yeah. just uh, it's, it's endless. And the stronger you get, um, you know, the better your life is going to be, your quality of life. If mm -hmm. you're 90, do you want to be able to run up and down stairs? You know, you probably want to feel good, right? Yeah. Um, and as far as like getting bulky, people will tend to look at, you know, elite, I don't know, let's say like elite cross, there was a CrossFit, um, the, I think the invitationals the other day, and you see some of the athletes and mm -hmm. like, yeah, you'd probably classify some of them as like bulkier, mm -hmm. you know, because they have a load of muscle, but yeah. that's like saying, you getting in a car, you're going to be a race car driver. Yeah. I was like, do you know how hard? Yeah, like, they've worked very hard to get there. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it can actually do the opposite. The heavier you lift, the more muscle you have, you actually end up looking leaner. Mm. Um, you know, it's because like your the ratio of um, body fat to muscle, you know, it can help increase your metabolism you know you can end up burning more fat like when you are taking care of your nutrition like the exercise mm -hmm. alone isn't going to do this yeah um you know but there's people who are kind of looking to get toned or you know i don't want to be bulky i just want to have muscle tone it's like well you can't tone muscle you can either build muscle or not or lose muscle mm -hmm. or like lose fat that's mm -hmm. it yeah um so like toning workouts where they're saying like lift light and feel the burn um you know that's just like muscle tears that's not like um like that's not you like sculpting yeah. that muscle. Yes. You know, I for one have been trying, like I, I just was always in love with them um, after being in bodybuilding, um, you know, having like sculpted, I should say, mm -hmm. like toned shoulders. Mm -hmm. um, and I have been purposely trying to bulk. And I mean, like in order to look bulky or like to actually gain muscle, mm -hmm. you need to spend time eating a surplus of calories, not mm. not less calories, more because mm -hmm. you need the energy. Most people are not going to be doing that either. Training like, you know, four to five times a week, specifically following a program that's progressive overload, all this stuff. And uh, I have been doing that for probably two years. I've spent a lot of time, you know, gaining weight to try mm -hmm. and build muscle. And mm -hmm. I am still <laughs> not bulky. Yeah. My I may have gained like half a pound of muscle in my yeah. shoulders in that yeah. time. And I was doing it with intention. Yes. Right. So, yeah. so ladies, like don't, don't be afraid. Um, when you do start weight training, I think what scares a lot of people um, is like, you know, the next day after weight training, they may step on the scale, which, you know, I can talk about the scale maybe later on in the episode, but um, they're like, oh my gosh, I've gained weight. And it's like, oftentimes when you do a strenuous workout, you're holding water mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe you are gaining muscle, but muscle takes up a lot less space than fat. So it's like the scale might be going up, but your clothes may be fitting better mm -hmm. or whatever it is. So I think I think that can be part of it too that freaks people out yeah. when they're really hyper-focused on the scale. Mm -hmm. But it's the mindset, isn't it? I think it's like you like you referenced before, women before were told or their aim was very cardio, wasn't yep, it? Yep, of very course. Very cardio. They weren't in the weight room. And That's it's it. only been in recent years that I think women have started to feel very comfortable Exactly. Going into a gym and going yeah. to the weight room. And it can be intimidating. Yeah. yeah you know, it can. and that's something I'm passionate about with my clients. You know, that I do have one on one um, coaching clients who I design strength training programs for online, like that we check in and, 
you know, even my fit method program is like finding ways to get them in the weight room and build their confidence. So mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to set someone in there and get them to set up the squat rack and like do all these things. Like, you know, it sometimes when a client starts, I'll have them take a mat in the corner of the room and we'll do just free weight stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and just to build their confidence. So they need to know like, oh my gosh, like I just lift, lifted 15, 20 pounds over my head. Like, mm -hmm. this is incredible. I didn't think I could ever do And yeah. then they get excited about it. And mm -hmm. then, you know, you just kind of navigate them from there. We'll be right back after this message from Caesars Pharmacy. Caesars Pharmacy offers a state-of-the-art packaging system that seals medication in detachable, single-use multi-drug pouches, providing maximum support to patients. Their RoboDoc kiosk provides information and diagnostic services to improve self-care. Register today to manage your family's medication all under one account. You can find Caesars Pharmacy on 30 Somerset Road or contact them directly on 234-0851 and at www.caesarspharmacy.com. Thank you to Caesars Pharmacy and now back to the episode. Number two, keto. Mm -hmm. So the keto diet is best for weight loss. Okay. Yeah, this is a popular one as well. Um, it's the newest, well, I mean, it's been around for a little bit, but like the newest fad diet on the block. I mean, if you anyone remembers back in like the 90s, it was 90s, was Atkins. I was going to ask, is it similar to Atkins? Pretty low, much. Low carb, high fat. Yeah, okay. yeah, pretty much mm -hmm. with a whole slew of like um, products that are called keto, like, you know, processed products that are, you know, keto friendly or whatnot. And yeah, you know, all the bars They've and the chocolates it. and like, yeah. oh my goodness, yes. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing, like keto was originally um, meant for like children with epilepsy. Um, wow. Yeah, originally. Um, I think it, and again, it's not my area of expertise, mm -hmm. so I won't dive too deep into that. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was beneficial for them, you know, helping with seizures, things like that. Mm -hmm. And obviously someone noticed, hey, they're losing weight. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, the this industry, it's like, hey, we can make money off this. You know, mm -hmm. it's the next latest thing. Like if you, you know, if you had a bunch of people sitting around the table and they're trying to figure out like what the name of their new book is and you said, you know, change your lifestyle, start to eat eat more balanced meals, get yeah. better sleep. Like it's not going to sell, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Like people want revolutionary and like, yeah. you know, this is what you've been missing. Yeah. Um, so like I, when it comes to keto, I mean, first I'll say studies have, have compared, um, you know, a high fat, which is keto diet to a high carb diet. And when calories are equated, I think it was 12 weeks again, I can't remember the exact mm. time of the study, but, uh, um, at the end, the weight loss was the same between right. the two people when calories were equated. Got so mm -hmm. at the end of the day, your calorie intake is going to dictate your weight loss. Um, there's other factors that is an oversimplification, but ultimately that is what dictates weight loss mm -hmm. is your calorie intake. Um, you know, obviously there's going to be nutrients and like, you know, it's personalized per person, things like that and exercise and stuff. But um, the reason the keto diet helps with weight loss um, is because it finds a way to reduce your calories by completely eliminating carbohydrates mm -hmm. um, and encouraging you to eat more whole foods, mm -hmm. which is the same for many other diets. It's mm -hmm. the same thing where they're just like, they'll find a way to make you eat less calories, whether it's, um, 
you know, there was, I don't know, diets where you had to fit stuff into little containers. I think it was beach body or something <laughs> like that. And um, Atkins was the same way, um, even paleo, uh, which I don't think was really ever meant to be a weight loss diet. But some people just by switching to it would lose weight because they're eating less processed stuff. And Right. Um, but so, with, yeah. with Atkins mm-hmm. and maybe the same with keto, if you cut carbs dramatically very quickly, you lose a lot of water. That's exactly it. So is that what triggers people to think that, that's oh, what reels them in. Right. Yeah. Because in the first week they'll lose seven pounds. Oh, yeah. Seven, yeah. You, so much. Yeah. Um, for every gram of carbohydrate you eat, um, your body stores three grams of water in, in muscle glycogen is what it's called. So right. without getting too sciencey. Yeah. But uh, it's your mod- body's main um, energy source. Um, you know, glucose, that's what keeps us like happy and moving and all this stuff, you know, there's nothing wrong with carbohydrates. Um, so when you, when you drastically drop carbohydrate intake, you have this big whoosh, this big Mm. water loss. Um, so people are just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, it's like Carrie's over here trying to get me to lose half a pound to one pound a week in a sustainable (laughs) way. It's like, I'm doing this instead. Right. Yeah. It's like, why would I listen to her? But the thing is the keto diet, is not sustainable for most people mm. because most people like carbs. Most yeah. people like, you know, it's like, I, I want to have a bit of bread or, mm-hmm. or whatnot, or, and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, mm-hmm. again, it's just about that balance, like having food in moderation, like adding more of, you know, the, um, you know, protein, vegetables, things like that into your diet. Um, so like I said, keto is great in this, in the aspect that it helps keep you full, you know, fats are, great for you um you know so there's some positives to it and that like you know some doctors do use it with certain patients you know again like i think certain diabetics things like that um again out of my scope but um you know it's uh it just comes down to personal choice i mean like hey if you love the keto diet like go Mm -hmm. for it like Mm -hmm. go for it but chances are you probably don't um and i mean you can eat a keto food, you can order the keto salad at the restaurant without being a keto dieter. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you can eat keto foods, but also eat fruit. <laughs> you know, you yeah. can, you know. And on that topic of keto and carbs, mm-hmm. carbs have got a really bad rap oh, over the years. They poor do. Carbs. Well, I love a so carb. Sad. I know. <laughs> it's very sad. Yes. But, but am I right in saying that it, it, you need you need carbs in your diet to yeah. some level. So cutting out any food group is not going to be good for you. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it's carbs or something else. Yeah, I mean essential like from an essential nutrient um, perspective, like you know you need protein, you need the amino acids, um, you know you need the fats, you need the omegas from the fats and all of that too. Like carbs, like you could technically survive without, but like you would not be thriving. Yeah. Um, you know, so as far as carbs go, I think the problem with them is that people, like if I say like to a stranger, like list five carbs, mm. they're going to say pizza, donut, French fries, um, I don't know, cookies, muffin, whatever. Yeah. And all of those food items are high in carbs, usually sugar, fat, salt. Mm-hmm. So they are not carbs. Mm-hmm. I call them farbs most of the time. So fatty <laughs> carbs. And uh, when you combine all of that together, most of the time these are in processed foods. So they're, they don't contain many nutrients. They're not going to do anything for keeping you full or nourishing mm-hmm. you in any way. And they're easily overconsumed because they're hyper palatable, which just means like you can eat a lot of them because they taste great. Like yeah. they're hitting every, yeah. you know, happy place on your tongue. You're like, I need more. Like who can stop with like a thing of Pringles, right? Like yeah. things like mm-hmm. that. 
and like they're engineered that way. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with these foods. But the thing is, is like when people say I cut carbs and I lost weight, they're saying I cut out high calorie processed foods that were doing mm. nothing for keeping me full and yeah. I lost weight. Got it. You know, whereas a carb, you know, is more like, you know, potato and, you know, pasta, like whole grain pastas, um, you know, rice, mm-hmm. um, bread, quinoa, fruits, things like that, like barley, all of these things are so good for you, mm-hmm. um, you know, and provide you with fiber. I mean, like legumes, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like anyone who's done keto probably knows they're probably having a hard time going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I mean, fiber is something that a lot of my clients focus on and track because keeping yourself regular yeah. makes you feel good, <laughs> you know, and um, yeah, so that's... Uh, say when people think carbs they think these items yes whereas like a carb is like it's a potato and there's nothing wrong with a potato it's Mm -hmm. like when you take a potato and turn it into a french fry that's been deep fried it's now a farb yeah 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 it's no longer a carb and there's ketchup yeah and and there's nothing wrong with fries i mean we eat them probably twice like probably once or twice like a week Mm -hmm. at our house on days where we don't feel like prepping food we have an air fryer and we'll stick frozen fries Mm -hmm. in there you know my son loves them and it's like you know it's like in moderation totally yeah part of a Part of a well-rounded diet. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. What about this? Uh, As a PT, Mm -hmm. people, do they ask you if you could spot reduce body fat? (laughs) Yes. So can you target body fat from one part of your body and not another? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. This is a, this is a big one. Um, You know, when you bring on a new client um, and like I can, when I, my very first personal trainer I ever hired, I'm pretty sure I went in and told him, pointed to my lower abdomen. I was like, I need to get rid of this. Yeah. And so he gave me a bunch of ab exercises Mm -hmm. at that time. And, you know, this is what's happening in this industry. And unfortunately, um, you can't spot reduce. I mean, if if we could, I can assure you I would be giving you all these exercises rather than coming on here and doing these hour-long podcasts to debunk stuff. I would just give you these exercises. Um, So you can't spot reduce. Um, The only way to lose fat is through a reduction in calories. Again, like I'm oversimplifying it. If you ever follow me on Instagram, like I go deeper into that. I have, you know, um, guides and stuff that can explain that further. But through a reduction in calories and you're you're going to have a reduction in body fat like all over where it comes from comes down to genetics. Yeah. You know, some people lose quicker in their upper body. Some people lose quicker in their legs. Some people lose quicker in their face, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, you can't pick and choose where fat comes from and exercise doesn't burn fat Mm -hmm. exercise helps you know it's going to contribute to your overall calorie output how many calories you burn in a day um it's not that significant of a number but it does help um but it's also a way to you know improve your health and to build strength and i really encourage you to see to start viewing exercise for like how it's benefiting you as opposed to just a way to change your body Mm -hmm. um you know, not to go off topic there, but, mm. uh, you know, you can spot enhance, you know, if you want to build muscle in certain areas, you can do so. Um, you know, I focus more on my shoulders. You know, there's some girls want to, you know, work on their booties, things mm-hmm. like that. And, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You can build muscle in certain areas. But when it comes down to losing fat, um, that is done through a total calorie reduction, which is you better done through diet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously increasing steps, improving sleep, all these other factors. But, uh you know, it's, it's a waiting game. It's, yeah. it's a long journey. You can't pick and choose and say, Hey, I want to keep, I want to keep this and I want to do yeah. this. And it's like, we're not a plastic surgeon office, right? Yeah, like it's, yeah. you can't pick and choose from a catalog. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's going to come down to genetics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with you, you said your trainer 
you asked about your abs. Yeah. Is that a big one that you get? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I have clients, um, you know, I still do a few in-person clients. It's not, um, I'm mostly online, but I've kept a few in-person clients and, uh, you know, they know now, but when they first started, they'd say like, oh, can we do some more ab, ab work, you mm-hmm. know, and I'll, I tell them, I'm like, hey, we're, we're getting stronger. We're, you know, we're lifting more things like this and we're actually working your core. Mm. Like you've got 30 minutes with me. I'm going to give you the best return on your investment. Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, doing exercises like compound lifts that help, you know, they'll, they'll work like their legs, but their core at the same time, yeah. all this stuff. And then, you know, I usually the last five minutes, if they want to do some sit-ups, things like that, mm-hmm. we'll add it in because mm-hmm. it's personalized. But, uh, you know, they, they'll think like, hey, I still have belly fat. I've been working with mm-hmm. you. Like, can we do more abs? And, and you know, I always like let them know, like, you know, we can totally do it, but you're probably not going to get the results that you're, yes. you know, you're after. I try and be like always honest and upfront, but mm-hmm. uh, try and educate at the same time because mm-hmm. I was that person. Yeah. I thought the same thing. And and everyone thinks that, I guess, to some degree until we've experienced it. We all have areas of our body that we would want to change. Of and course. We, we hope that we can target them. So Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Okay, what about eating after 6 p.m. Hmm. and get stored as body fat? Oh, that's another one. That is another one. <laughs> Where did that come from? Is it the thought that because you're then not moving? I think so. That it will just yeah. store. Yeah, it's like your body switches into fat storage yeah. mode. Yeah, and it's yeah. just like, well, how does this apply if you're traveling? Like, yeah. What if you're on the other side of the world? Does your body, like, adapt to that? Like, it's, yeah. you know, it's so flawed in so many ways. And, uh, you know, again, like, if you think of – um like intermittent fasting, like this is a popular mm. method of dieting. It's it's not that fasting is magic in any way. Again, like the keto diet, it's a method in which it's getting you to reduce your calories mm. by shortening your eating window because you're likely not going to overeat in that short period of time, yeah, yeah. especially if you're eating more whole foods and things, right? Um, so after six o'clock, I mean, you could eat at midnight. You could eat at 2, 2 a.m. What matters is your total daily calorie intake Mm -hmm. when it comes to weight loss um but you know I think people if you usually stop eating let's say at like five o'clock and then like one day of the week you decide you have a big meal out it's at nine o'clock the next day you get on the scale the scales up it's Mm. like oh my god oh my god I gained weight I I stored fat and it's like no you just probably still have undigested food in your tummy you need to get to the bathroom you know what I mean like it's it's not it's not uh fat mm-hmm. I was like you can't gain fat that quickly yes. it's it's a slow process like mm-hmm. it comes like I said my first day of work where I came and I was like oh gosh what happened mm-hmm. right it's not an overnight thing that was a three-month period mm-hmm. um you know so if you're seeing three to five pound spike on the scale like that's water you mm-hmm. just get back to your normal routine and whatnot it'll come right back down um you know because it can be undigested food like maybe you, restaurant meals oftentimes are higher in sodium that can cause your the scale to fluctuate um mm-hmm. You know, and I think I do feel like that's got to be part of it, mm-hmm. that someone has been like, hey, I've eaten, I ate at night and yeah. this is what happened. And it's like, you know, you have to watch when it comes to your weight, like you're never going to be one weight. Mm-hmm. Your fl- weight will always fluctuate. Always. Throughout the it's day, normal right? throughout the day. Yeah. 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 You know, it's like the most accurate time to weigh yourself is first thing in the morning after going to the bathroom, mm-hmm. like naked pretty mm-hmm. much. And if you want to get an accurate reading, like you want to just monitor your trends over time. If you're trying to lose weight, it's like compare week one of month one to week one of month two and like just mm-hmm. kind of watch the overall trends and stop focusing on the day to day because it's yeah. it's not as simple as that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you encourage your clients to do weigh ins or is that something they can pick and choose? Pick and choose. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said I'm, I'm very like client centered, like I, I let them lead. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it can be incredibly helpful. Um, you know, if you are someone who likes data, that's mm -hmm. me. I love data. I love, you know, seeing the more data points, the better. Yeah. Um, you know, so for me and, you know, I have a couple other people tracking, it's helped them tremendously because they'll see a spike and then they'll look at like the last couple months and notice that, you know, as females, hey, this is the week before my before my period's mm. coming. I always gain three pounds at this yeah. time. Like, hey, I'm <laughs> noticing this now. I know I haven't messed up. And and according to this trend, I'm going to go down, you know, in a couple of days yes. and then it just neutralizes it. Yes. So for some, it helps. For others, if, if they have a history of disordered eating or, you know, maybe had a negative relationship with the scale, we I have clients who we use measurements. Mm -hmm. um, some clients don't even like to do that. We just pick a pair of pants or something like mm -hmm. clothing, check mm -hmm. how they feel, maybe if like, you know, their husband's noticed or, mm -hmm. or whatever. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really dependent on yeah. how they want to track their progress. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So what about, you talked about a bit, uh, you talked a bit about intermittent fasting. Oh yes. What about fasted cardio? Ah, yes. So there's, I've seen studies about does it burn more fat to do your run on an empty stomach right. than it does if you've eaten? Yeah. What's, um, your, what's your take? The answer to that is like, no, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't. Um, the reason why, I mean, it's, it's popularized in more so like the bodybuilding world. Mm -hmm. um, when people are sh getting ready for a show or whatever, they're on uh, like really low calories a lot of the time. So, um, like, firstly, I'll say, like, whether you're doing cardio fasted or fed, at the end of the day, it's your total calorie balance. It's how many calories you've eaten compared to, like, how much your body's burned in a day. Like, again, oversimplification, but mm -hmm. it, it's your total calorie. Like, like yeah. if you're in a calorie deficit at the end of the day, you're going to lose weight. Um, so when it comes to fasted cardio, if your calories are really low, like, like I said, if you're doing like bodybuilding, say you're on 1300 calories a day or something, which is really little, you're getting closer to showtime, getting up in the morning and doing your cardio fasted may be helpful because you're going to be shortening your eating window, mm. you know, mm -hmm. as opposed to like getting up, like, let's say you have to work out at 5am and you have a work like food before you go, you know, you're not going to have as many calories throughout the rest of the day. And you're going to, at that point in a, you know, um, in the diet, when you're prepping for a show, like you need to manage your hunger as best mm -hmm. you can so mm -hmm. you likely probably want to save those for later mm -hmm. and that, that's really I would say the biggest benefit I mean some people just don't like exercising with um food in their stomach because yeah. it you know it can make you feel nauseous mm -hmm. or maybe it's not digested um I I honestly feel like it comes down to personal preference it's mm -hmm. not magic mm -hmm. it's just whether or not it works for you yeah. um some mornings I train at 4 a.m I'm not oh gonna gosh. get up I know I know <laughs> <laughs> I know <laughs> <laughs> this is what my life has come to. Oh um, it's a time I can fit it in. Wow. So I get up early. And and you go out to a gym? At yeah. I drive in. and Thank you. <laughs> it's like not all the time. It's only twice a week I do that now. But uh, the rest of the time I'm, I'm during the day or on the weekend. But uh, I'm not I'm not getting up and making a smoothie or doing anything yeah. like that at 4 a.m. Yeah. Like half the time I'll, I'll eat like half a banana mm -hmm. so that I have some energy in me. Mm -hmm. Um and then go and do my workout. Um, if I was feeling nauseous during my workout, I probably would prep something the night before and have something more. Mm -hmm. Again, you just got to check in with your body. I mean, you know, it's not magic. It yeah. just depends on it depends on you. Let's mm -hmm. say if you're getting up early and doing stuff, like go for it. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you find it's helpful to shorten your eating window a bit to help you reduce your calorie intake, go for it. Mm -hmm. You know, but um, yeah, ultimately okay. there's there's no magic. And, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, speaking of little sleep, let's do one more. I think we have time for one more. Um, So what about skipping sleep can cause weight gain? Yes. Is that Um, true? Indirectly, Mm -hmm. I would say. um, It can cause, like, again, weight gain doesn't equal fat gain. Mm -hmm. Um, You can definitely retain water when you're you're low on sleep. Um, But lack of sleep impacts so many other things. So... Um, You know, and same thing with stress. I can lump these both in. Like high stress, people will say high stress equals weight gain, but it's not necessarily like, um, you know, the stress itself that causes weight gain. I mean, there's people, you know, out there that don't have access to food that are like starving and Mm. I'm pretty sure they're stressed out. Yes. They're stressed, right? They're they're not in fat storage mode, none of that stuff. Um, You know, but lack of sleep. I mean, it can affect your hormones like ghrelin and leptin that are responsible for telling you when you're hungry, telling you when you're full. Um, You know, those can be all all crisscrossed and, Mm. you know, then you might end up eating more or skipping meals throughout the day and then eating a whole ton at night or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. It it can indirectly lead to you eating more calories. Right. Um, You probably end up moving less if you're exhausted. Like, you know, we burn calories just fidgeting throughout the day. I mean, I talk with my hands. I'm, this is, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. burning. If I'm lacking sleep, I'd probably be sitting here motionless, like talking, right? Like, so it's little things that impacts your metabolism Mm because your body's smart. It doesn't want you to waste away. It's, it's, it's always adapting. Um, you know, so if you're lacking in that, um, your body, your body's going to outsmart you by giving you cravings, Mm -hmm. by doing whatever it is to try and get you to rest. And, you know, um, and also, your executive functioning center in your brain, you know, the, the center that's responsible for, you know, organization, like self-control, um, persevering, all of that kind of stuff, um, also gets, uh, you know, gets altered, like, in a negative way. Or, no, it's not what I want to say. But, um, you know, it gets impacted mm-hmm. when you're low on sleep as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being able to say, like, hey – maybe I could go to the store and like prep this meal or do whatever. You're more likely to just go get takeout or order sargasso or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's not that sleep, the lack of sleep causes weight gain, but indirectly can because of the impact of not sleeping enough. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, I've got loads more, but yeah. we're out of time. <laughs> so part two. No, we're going to have to do part two. Yeah, I'd love to. When, you, when you're around, yeah. you'll come back and we'll do another one. Thank awesome. you so much for coming in and for talking us through some of those. You're welcome. It's so good to be here. Oh, it's lovely to have you and we'll definitely we'll do another one. Yay, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, bye. Thank you all for listening and big thank you to Kerry for debunking some of those health and fitness myths for us. I'd also like to thank our sponsors again at Lindo's. Why go anyplace else? Please head over to our social media pages and let us know what you thought of today's episode. We are at the Royal Gazette and at RG Mags on Facebook, 